amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We are live and in living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will. Pancakes and power slams. Indeed, indeed, indeed. We are here another Tuesday night. As my boy Derek says, 90 minutes is never enough. And he's so true. We just go down to the wire so much. But, uh, you know, just with the, uh, the, the time and just... Uh, you know, we we want to we want to make an action-packed, compact, just up to the minute, second by second, red hot show. We don't want to give you a lot of fluff, but you know the crazy thing is, is even without a lot of fluff, uh, you know, still ninety minutes is never enough. So we might have some special shows coming up the pike that is a little bit more than ninety minutes. We well, well, you know, we've got a lot of uh, people uh, contacting us and asking us to extend the show. You know, it's all about people power, as John Laurinaitis would say. So we might have uh, some some specials, some the, the the Saturday night's main event specials of pancakes and power slams, and extend it out. You know, it won't be very often, but. Uh, we we may give the, the the people what they want in the in the coming months. We'll we'll see how it goes. But ladies and gentlemen, it, I'm so excited. I mean, you know, Tuesday nights is one of my favorite times of the week because we talk wrestling for 90 minutes, 
and a lot of people listen. How about that, Derek? I mean, isn't that cool? Yeah, I mean, that's great. A lot of people listen, and this is, I mean, it's a great honor to be doing this for now, and, you know, it's only going to grow to bigger and better things. This is Pancakes and Pancakes. I'm Derek, the uh, correspondent. And, hey, this is St. Patrick's Day, so we're going to have a toast here tonight. Everyone grab your glass, and uh, we're just going to have a great festivus of Pancakes and Power Slam, celebrating the green tonight. What about you? Are you wearing green, man? I'm not, actually. I'm wearing blue, uh, interestingly yeah. enough. And uh, I, I grab... And I'll grab my glass of uh, non-alcoholic, um, non-alcoholic, some some uh, some some apple cider, uh, sparkling apple cider. How about that? Is that is that fair? Whatever floats your boat, man. Here in the studio, we're having a party. You're always abroad. You need to come <laughs> back here sometime, and we're just going to live it up. But uh, anyway. Let's get served the show. 90 minutes is never enough, so um got a lot to cover tonight. We do, man. We do. Uh, 90 minutes is never enough. Check this out. WeAreWrestling.net, of course. Uh, my boys over at WeAreWrestling.net continue to have fun. Uh, pancakes and Power Slams uh, live stream. Be sure to check them out. Um, and, you know, it's always really, really fun on Pancakes and Power Slams. It's always really, really fun on WeAreWrestling.net live stream, all the comments by the wrestling, uh, the, the wrestling uh, ex- gurus, the wrestling mavens, so to speak, over there, and of co- of course my boys over at PWMania.com as well, uh, the other site that I write for, and of course, of course, the Bleach Report that goes without saying. So shout out to all my my family from those uh, websites, Bleach Report, WeAreWrestling.net. PWmania.com and of course the Crave Wrestling Facebook page that continues to grow and grow and grow Um, so so let people know about the Crave Wrestling Facebook page I think we're over 1300 followers now and counting I think uh, that's the last time I saw it and when I start really pushing the Facebook page and um, you know posting daily uh, daily news there a few months ago. Uh, it uh, just grew exponentially, and uh, so shout out to that. And yeah, and counting, and people are involved, and we get a lot of likes, a lot of comments, a lot of interaction on the Crave, uh, Crave Wrestling Facebook page. Speaking of the Crave Wrestling Facebook page, uh, we uh, we're going to start something called uh, called. Crave Wrestling Tuesday Trivia. Crave Wrestling Tuesday Trivia. So go to the Crave Wrestling Facebook page, and every Tuesday there'll be about ten questions for you to to have fun with. And uh, the winner of the, uh, the the winner of the trivia are usually the first person who gets all ten right from their comments will get a special announcement. Uh, on the Crave Wrestling uh, uh, Facebook page uh, through Pancakes and Power Slam show. So there's your interaction. And be sure to uh, check us out in the coming months because after the three-year anniversary, we're actually going to start something really fun as well. We're going to have live trivia call-ins. 
So be sure to check out that after the three-year anniversary live trivia call-ins. So we're going to spend some time, and uh, somehow we're going to fit this in in the 90 minutes, which is already never enough, which probably is going to make us go a little bit further and have us uh, an over uh, overrun as, as raw ha- as raw is maybe 90 minutes and maybe maybe 105 maybe 120 we'll see we'll see but we may have an overrun here after the three-year anniversary which is april the 7th and after again after that show uh, be sure to in the coming weeks after that show we're going to start live trivia call-ins so be sure to call in, and so we're going to have a bunch of callers. Of course, you won't, you know, not every caller will be able to um, uh, get an opportunity to be on live on air. So just try back the next week. But you'll call in, and you'll have a you you you'll, you will have, you will have no clue of what the trivia question is, but you will answer a trivia question live on air. Call in, we'll put you live on the air, and you'll answer a trivia question, and you either get it right or you get it wrong, but there's your opportunity to shine. So, speaking of live trivia questions on the air, Derek, we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Special shout out this week to Larry E. Mann Jr. on the uh, Crave Wrestling Facebook page. Uh, he got um most of them right he was the closest one uh he the the, the questions the the crave wrestling tr- uh, tuesday trivia questions this week was number 1 what two wrestlers are the children of jimmy snooker number 2 what manager calls his foes pencil, what manager called his foes pencil neck geeks number 3 who was the first black wrestler in, inducted in the hall of fame matter of fact Let's go through these ten with Derek. Number one, who? What two wrestlers are the children of Jimmy Snuka? Oh, uh, I'm thinking it was uh, Tamina and uh, Tamina and oh, crap. Deuce. 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 That's right. Deuce. Tamina and Deuce. What manager called his foes pencil neck geeks? Pretty blasty, that's easy. Yep. Number three, who was the first black wrestler inducted in the Hall of Fame? Bobo uh, Brazil. Correct. Four, where was Andre the Giant billed from? Uh, French Alps. Right. What city, though? What city in the French Alps? Grenoble. That's right. All right, man. Look at you. Number five, what year did Bam Bam Bigelow win the ECW championship? 1997. Yep. Number six, The Wall from WCW was known as blank in TNA. The Wall was known as blank in TNA. You got five seconds. Five Four, I three, don't know. Two. Malice. Number seven, what was the heel stable in WCW led by Eddie Guerrero? Latino World Order. Indeed it was. Number eight, 
What is what was the name of Slick's theme song? Uh, it was a uh, Jive Sober. Right. Number nine. Where was SummerSlam '92 held? That was Wembley, UK. Indeed. And number ten. Who is the longest reigning WWE World Tag Team Champions? Paul London and um, uh, Kendrick. Kendrick. Nope. Ugh. WWE World Tag Team Champions. That would be Demolition. Uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick are the uh, longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions. So... Yes, and there is a difference. <clears throat> there is a difference. They, 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 there was the World Tag Team Championship, and there was the Tag Team Championship. Uh, when they split brands between Raw and SmackDown, uh, Demolition was uh, the World Tag Team Champions, and as far as the WWE Tag Team Champions, that belongs to Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Um they had it for um, a long time. They had it for uh, almost a year. I remember um, they had it for well, they're two. They're, they yeah, they had it for over 331 days. So almost a year. They were about uh, a month shy away from from a year. So WWE Tag Team Champions goes to Paul London and Brian Kendrick, WWE, which which is now called the WWE Tag Team Championship, when they um, when they merged, but the WWE World Tag Team Champions uh, is what we know, you know, what we knew for quite some time before the before they uh, before it was deactivated uh, almost five years ago. So yeah, I mean, very very interesting. Uh, Ten questions there, so uh, I think what you got uh, eight out of ten right. So that's not not too bad. I uh, I think I'll you know I'll give you a, a you know you you get a B. You know I, I'm a currently a, I'm a I'm currently a PhD student, and an eighty percent is not a B in my in my world. But uh, you know I'll I'll give you the high school uh, grading scale, and you'll get a uh, X. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know what? My high school, I went to a college prep high school, and we had a uh, a crazy grading scale, too. I never understood why an 80% is not a B across the board. I never understood that. Why Why in college you have to get like an 84% to get a B? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Or 82, yeah, I think it was like 84 or something like that, 83, 84 to get a B. An 80%, an 8 out of 10 is a B, not an 8.3 or 8.4. And plus the the work, the level of work is much harder in college, especially master's degree. I have a master's degree right now, especially in master's level work, especially in Ph.D. level work. But the grading scale is different. It's just it's weird to me. You ever, you ever thought about that, about the how – the grading scale is different in college than it is in, in high school? I never really pondered it a whole lot. I came from a cornfield high school, so I was just happy to get a C plus, but 
I mean, regardless of that, man, in college, yeah, it was, I don't know. My grades are always better in college, so I like the grade scale, so that was better for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, my, you know, if you, it's funny, funny that you said that because actually my grades were better. See, I guess it's a little bit into the, the life of Chris Featherstone. I actually was a um, a honor roll student all in middle school, and uh, and I actually got a, a free ride uh, to a college, and and I. I was getting like 3.7, 3.8s, 3.9s, like crazy uh, straight A's, and just I was just doing it big in, in middle school. But uh, I, my my great grandma, she raised me. She passed in 1995, and that was just the most devastating thing in my entire life. Uh, and I, she passed when I was starting high school, and. And uh, I just my, my grades tanked, lost my scholarship, and uh, was just so just weeping and just I was depressed and yeah it, it was it was a really bad time for me, and then just you know through through you know through the grace of God without question through the grace of God, um, he just continued to just to stick with me and stay with me in spite of my just, you know, slump and as I uh the, the as I continued to evolve in high school, my grades started to get better. I actually made the honor roll my senior year and I uh, did exceptionally well. Um in college made the dean's list a bunch of times. Um had a, you know, had 4.0s, you know, in in college. Uh I I've been in my counseling field for for over two years now, and I've got all A's and B's. I haven't got anything lower than a B in two years of counseling uh, classes, and so yeah, I mean, just that that's that's rebounding. That's that's grit. That's that's just standing the fight, and you know, I just I just encourage everyone to you know stay in the fight. I'm you know I'm not like this you know incredibly amazing guy you know i'm just a uh a wretched man that's uh saved by the grace of god so you know i I really appreciate just uh sharing that story with a lot of other people because just anything in life you know it's not over and even when you go through a big old dip and a big old slump there's always somebody in your corner that will really help you along the way so that uh, I'm actually a certified life coach, if you, know, if you didn't know, and that was there's your free advice for today, unpaid. But next, uh, let's get into another trivia question for for Derek. Uh, I mean, uh, we're gonna do one for Derek, and then we're gonna open it up for the live chat room, uh, RealWrestling.net, Blog Talk Radio, and also the uh, the Twitter at Crave Wrestling. What year did Alundra Blaze? Derek, what year did Alundra Blaze win the WWE Women's Championship? What year did Alundra Blaze win the WWE Championship? I want to say 1995. You are correct. Interestingly enough, she's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. 
and she was the women's champion 20 years ago. And I've been watching old school Hall of Fames on the WWE Network, and I watched the 94 Hall of Fame with uh, with 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 um, Blassie and and Bobo. Um, I think they said like James Dudley, Buddy, of course, Buddy Rogers, and uh, who else was in the uh, 94 Hall? Arnold Scullin, I believe, or was he 95? I think he was 94, 95. Um, yeah, and just an interesting, very interesting uh, lineup with the 94 Hall of Fame. And I remember when I watched the 94 Hall of Fame in Bobo Brazil, uh, unfortunately he couldn't, you know, he wasn't able to present or, or give a speech because he just broke his hip. But he didn't need to because Ernie Ladd had the longest <laughs> – I mean, that guy was preaching in that podium. He had the longest uh, introduction speech that uh, anyone could ever imagine. Almost as long as Mr. T's last year when he did everything for his mama. Uh, but that, but the thing is, Mr. T's was an acceptance speech, but as far as an introduction speech, it was quite long. DDP's introduction speech was pretty long last year. Uh, with uh, Jake Roberts, but uh, but at the same time, you know, I uh, it, it was good. You know, it, it was it was a good speech, both Ernie Ladd and, and DDP. And uh, looking forward to the Hall of Fame this year, man. Uh, so far, Hall of Fame uh, looks pretty good this year. Yeah, Hall of Fame looks great, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, it, especially with Randy Savage going in there. And um, I mean that to me, that's just that's the mecca of it. And it was weird. I was reading an article today on the, the website. I was talking about how uh, kind of weird that you know Hulk Hogan inducting him into the Hall of Fame and you know, just the animosity between. So I think Randy Savage even released a whole CD, a rap CD, talking about how much he hated Hulk Hogan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Be a man, Hogan. Hulk Hogan, uh, you're a punk. <laughs> uh, with, uh, Kevin Nash going in there and Larry Zabisco. I'd like to see yeah. Scott Hall personally Zabisco on their feud in WCW. And just, I don't know. Yeah. I was, but anyway, no, great class. Alondra Blaze, I mean, you know. Scott Hall, he's rumored to be in there. I don't know if it's been official yet, but anyway, I mean, great class. Well, Scott Kevin Hall, Stewart. you mean Kevin Nash. Scott Hall was there last year, but you, you mean I'm Kevin Nash is rumored to be in there. Kevin yeah. Nash, big daddy cool. So, uh, yep. Which which he will. He'll 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 be in next week, I'm sure he will. Um but uh yeah, an interesting point about Scott Hall in, uh, introducing uh introducing or inducting. Um uh, Larry, Larry Land. I would say my preference would be Bruno, just because of you know he was Bruno's mentor, mentee, and Bruno was his mentor. And his first big break was you know the heel turn in eighty, I think it was, and then you know the the cage match at Che, and um, yeah, I mean Larry Zabisco really. Really became I mean, he, you know, he was known, you know, before his, uh, before his uh, feud with with Bruno, but Bruno, the feud with Bruno really, really put Larry on the map, and uh, I just, 
I really think that I mean I, I'm all for Larry Zbyszko being in the Hall of Fame totally and without question. I think there's no doubt about it. Um, and didn't really do much in the WWE, but uh, I mean other than of course his feud with Bruno, but he really made a name for himself in the AWA. I mean that's AWA was really Larry Zbyszko's heyday. It was really the time, really the time where he really made just cemented his legacy and it's, and it's crazy how i mean awa it ended in 90 i believe it was but awa was such a long i think I mean, if i'm not mistaken it was about the promotion lasted almost 30 years um i know it started in the 60s if i'm not mistaken and lasted until 90 so you got a promotion that spanned three decades uh you know as much as the AWA championship doesn't mean that, I mean, it means a whole lot, but compared to the WWE championship, I mean, it's not very comparable, but at the same time, man, I mean, the AWA championship is spanning three decades. It's got some legacy to it. It's got some legitimacy to it. People like Kurt Hennig, people like... um, you know Jerry Lawler, people like uh, Larry Zbysko, who never really held a ma- uh, a top WWE championship. But of course, you know, of course, Hennig had the Intercontinental Championship, but was never world champion. But all three of them were world champions in the AWA. So, you know, those are the things that really help people like that. People like Zabisco, people like Hennig, people. I mean, Hennig would have been in the, in the Hall of Fame regardless. But people like a Zabisco, uh, you know, people like a, uh, of course, like like a Scott Hall as far as his uh, legacy is concerned. Of course, Razor Ramon was the man, you know. But he, AWA really helped him, you know, as far as. Uh, cement, you know, just his legacy, and you know, like I said, people like uh, Larry Zbysko that never won a major championship in the WWE, you know, can say that he's been AWA World Champion. Same thing with Bockwinkle, you know, Bockwinkle's in the in the Hall of Fame, but Bockwinkle's, I mean, his resume is almost completely AWA. So as far as you know, the notoriety is concerned. I mean, he was like, you know, commissioner or whatever for the WCW for a while. But, you know, most of his career was AWA. And, of course, Greg Gagne, who's also in the in the Hall of Fame, was the owner of AWA and the founder. So, uh, AWA has definitely had some, had some uh, really interesting people that came out and really created a legacy, you know, to really carve out some, some amazing talent throughout the throughout uh, history. Yeah, I mean, yeah, amazing talent. I mean, it's almost, it was its own thing. It was like its own club, its own clique, but you were somebody if you were wrestling in the AWA. With the hard nose, like Vern Gagne, I mean, he's he's one of the godfathers of modern professional wrestling. He's helped pave mm-hmm. the way. He's done nothing but great things for the business. I mean, sorry, things didn't work out the way it did for Vince McMahon because Greg Gagne wanted to make friends. But uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean he had so many names in there. I mean that's just even someone like Rick Martel, even in the Hall of Fame. 
He's not, unfortunately. I mean, Rick Martel's a, uh, a perfect name uh, to 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 talk about as far as I think it was 80, 84 that he was champ, uh, 83 or 84 that he was champ. Another uh, great, great, you know, uh, name to talk about because he was champ in 84, really, made, really cemented or really built his legacy as an AWA world champ. Really the only major world title that he had in the in the states, or you know, but still had a Hall of Fame legacy. Stan Hansen as well. Yep. So yeah, AWA you can't knock it because it's again it was a a petri dish, if you would say, of uh, just pure wrestling style. That you know, again, it's just it's transcended into today, and it's you know, Greg Donny, he's one of the masters, and that's uh, just it. And everybody knows that. So, I mean, that's never to be discredited. Yeah, absolutely. Great great point there. Fantastic point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got some raw talk to start. So, here we go. We will be right back on the other side. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear we taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the max. And I'm that one again with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rag before we do battle. You're talking shit. You are what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is took back, we repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking. Yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust. Pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap. He turning the power. We're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You through, I'm in the raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, sign the brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Raw starts off with the authority apologizing to Seth Rollins and Rollins accepting Orton's challenge if he faces him tonight. Very interesting uh, uh, back and forth exchange with the authority and and and, and Randy Orton. Um, 
I mean, I, they're doing their best to to try to build up this feud. I, I think they did a. We'll talk about the the very end. They did a fantastic job with. Um, they did a they did a fantastic job with getting at the very end uh, hype for the Randy Orton and Seth Rollins feud and combining them. We'll talk about that at the very end uh, of the of the segment of the Raw part here. But yeah, it was an interesting. You know, they're doing their best to try to build up the Orton and Rollins feud, and you know, like I said, Orton and Rollins is is probably the best option that can go on right now, and I think that, um, you know, I I am a pro, I'm a proponent of Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. I think it would definitely help Seth Rollins, and I think that uh, they're doing a pretty decent job building this feud up. They have. They've done a great job building the feud up, and it's one thing that it's going to snowball at WrestleMania and just explode. I think after WrestleMania, I mean, I believe the following weeks after that, it's going to be kind of a different Raw. It's going to be a different feel. Um, I don't know. There's something about this particular WrestleMania, as far as authority is concerned and what's going on with that. But the the build of this match is great. I like the uh, intensity between the two. Um, Seth Rollins is still kind of a bland Joe, but it's growing on yeah. me slowly. But uh, I mean, he's he's he hasn't degressed, so he's really he's making the most of what he can do. So, and that you know that could build uh, better things in the future. So, good job. Yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, I, I I'm not a I'm not a Rollins fan at all. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I, I appreciate the heck out of visibility. I think he's a an awesome talent, and I've followed him for a, quite a number of years now in the Indies and ROH, and uh, I just don't like what I see based on what I saw, and I think that's probably the best way to put it. And I mean, that's that's it. And I really think that uh, if 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 we see you know, a, a a face turn by Rollins, and, and leading up to, um, you know, lead, leading up to what we'll see, lead, leading up to a, a face uh, heel, a face turn, and, and a feud with with Triple H. I think that's, uh, I think we'll see that, and I, and I think it'll it'll be exciting, and I, and I'll totally be uh, with it. I'll totally be for it, and you know. Hopefully we'll see that because if we the thing is if we see another six months of this type of Roman Reigns of uh, this type of uh, Seth Rollins I'm I'm totally okay with Roman Reigns but if we see another six months of this type of Seth Rollins uh, I I really don't see it I really don't see how it'll be exciting you know whatsoever um, yeah I just I don't know. I I hope that the WWE decides to kind of tweak his character a little bit. I really don't see how his character can be tweaked as a babyface. I mean, you know, as a heel going into a babyface. But, like I said, if he makes that turn, if he makes that decision to, you know, to go over to, you know, to get away from the authority and, uh, you know, Triple H feel like he's getting uh, – uh, too, uh, I suppose, too big 
you know, uh, for for his own good, similar to what happened with Randy Orton uh, with Evolution. I think uh, it would be a good a good way to do it. Uh, even you know, even if he makes another heel turn in his career or something like that, you know, so be it. But it's really it's really crazy because the more I think about it, Seth Rollins' career, with the exception of, well, I mean, even even the beginning because the they they were trying their best with like the the um, RNN the Randy News Network and then because he had the the, the baby face he was a baby face and then the RNN was interesting but wasn't the best you know uh, thing in the world but you know they 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 tried you know they they tried to do something with it uh, but you know the thing is with that is is that. Uh, it was bland, but eventually, evolution, evolution. Randy Orton really became somebody when evolution, when he became a member of that stable, and I, you know, he was bland as a when he when he made his heel turn. It really wasn't all that exciting, but he just need. It was his, that was his breakout moment, and and even more of a breakout moment is when, uh, you know, of course he beat Benoit at SummerSlam uh, to win the World Heavyweight Championship. And then, you know, he he gets kicked out of Evolution, makes the face turn. That is what really made him, kind of kind of made him a, a, a cemented staple guy, you know, as far as a main eventer is concerned. Because even when he beat Benoit, at SummerSlam, it was kind of like a feel-good moment. You know, they were really they were, they put a lot of stock in Randy Orton, and it was still a little bit premature. But his feud with Evolution really helped him out, and uh, I think that uh, you know, and, and of course in the coming years, you know, he became a 12-time champion and um, just you know one of the the most. I guess one of one of the biggest names that uh, just came out of this era, other than John Cena, I would say, uh, as far as the class of 2002, uh, which is a lot of, uh, I would say of the four biggest people, the class of 2002 would be Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Randy Orton, and Batista. All four of them became multi-time world champions, and the, you know, it's funny that that class became so. You know, so big that that one year, 2002, was such a breakout year for you know four of the biggest names in WWE now. But you know, hope maybe you know maybe Seth Rollins is going to kind of mirror that that type of uh, uh, path. Possibly, we'll see. But uh, right now, not a, not a big advocate of Seth Rollins. But maybe I'll maybe I'll convert. Maybe I'll convert to to the Seth Rollins of, of, of today. And, of course, uh, Nikki Bella defeats A.J. Lee. And, and this is your favorite part of the night, right, Derek? The, the Divas. <laughs> yeah, the Divas. Yeah, no, not really. They're not a whole lot of fun I think I made you at. choke. By, I think I made you choke <laughs> by saying that. <laughs> it's a great time here. It's, it's St. Patrick's Day. Woo-hoo! Pancakes and Power Slam Studios. Hey, you know, the, the Divas... They're boring. So, yeah, Nikki Bella, you know, whatever. 
I liked your piece about Randy Orton. I just wanted to say I was a great, uh, I was a great ode to Randy Orton, and uh, couldn't agree more. But anyway, the class of 2002—that's awesome. We should talk about that like more in depth at another time because there's so much Absolutely. to be said about that, and there hasn't been an era like that since, or at least a class that I can think mm. of like since then that just totally dominated. But again, you know, we still have time ahead of us. So, 15 years from now, we could be talking about the class of 2016. Yeah, so we just don't know. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Steve is the vision. Uh, we got better stuff to cover tonight, so what's up next? We do. I think that's a perfect way to segue. Ryback defeating the Miz. Uh, Ryback got posted on on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page, and it was also on PWMania.com. That's uh, Ryback hit a milestone, man. Uh, it's only um, a relatively, you know, elite list of people that has a hundred wins in the WWE. And uh, Ryback is one of those people. How about that? It's very, very interesting. Um, in the in the small gap, in, in the small time that Ryback has been in the WWE, uh, he has achieved something that uh, people uh, that's been there for quite some time <laughs> has not been uh, able to do. So. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm a Ryback guy. I'm, I'm totally, I'm on. You know, I'm on Team Ryback. I'm I'm an advocate of Ryback. I'm a, I'm a supporter of Ryback, and uh, you know, kudos to him. You know, still just grossly underused right now. You know, he's definitely should be. I kind of I kind of think that maybe the WWE decided to pull the plug on his push because maybe because he hasn't evolved enough as a wrestler. But I mean, really, what are you guys expecting? The guy's a, a brick wall and a half, and I mean, he's really as agile as agile as he can get. I mean, he sleeps on his muscles and. You know, he still has a pretty wicked-looking clothesline. Shell-shocked is a pretty decent-looking finishing maneuver, and he's got the people behind him. I mean, we've seen, in the the history of WWE, we've seen way more people who are way worse wrestlers become stars in the WWE. And so... I mean, hey, I'm a big, I'm I'm on board with Ryback being having to push and being the guy, um, but I don't know. Maybe the WWE isn't. I don't know why they pull the plug, but hopefully we'll see a push in the coming months for Ryback. Uh, we sh- we could, we should, and I think there's something a little more special about Ryback this time around. Um, compared to in the past. Uh, this time, he seems to be more easily laid back. But what's, that's what's weird. Is the WWE loves these huge, jacked-up guys. And uh, mm-hmm. Ryback just seems to be totally getting stepped on and stepped on in the back, whether it's politics, whatever. Maybe he's just dumb. Uh, who knows? But it's just it's something that... I mean, the fans seem to like him. That's what, and... But, they kind of think he sucks after a while because he's just a lame duck at times. And I mean, who knows? Maybe he's just not cut out for it. But I mean, I could see a nice push behind him. I'd really like that. I like the Tyson kid and everything. I mean, that's a great 
that's a great way to go with him. Done a lot more with this push than he has in previous pushes. But it's just how much stock does the WWE want to put behind him and not put on their big-time angles, you know? To him, he's still just a fight. Yeah. And, of course, uh, more beef going on between Mizdow and Miz after uh, Mizdow gets uh, a skull-crushing finale, uh, courtesy of, of Miz. So, interesting there. Next, we have John Cena and Rusev contract signing. We got some crazy-sounding attorney that uh, initially said that the match was not going to happen because Exhibit A and Exhibit B and Rusev never was able to approve of the match, so there's no way that that would happen. And uh, then eventually, of course, it happened because, of course, we're going to see John Cena versus Rusev. But I'm going to say something that's very interesting. Something that I noticed that... Both this week and last week, John Cena was getting more pops because of this pro-USA. And you know what? And you know who I credit that to? I credit that to Rusev because Rusev is doing such a remarkable, remarkable job as as a heel that even people are cheering John Cena. I mean, do you can you really grasp that for a second? Rusev is doing so good as a as a heel that people are starting to cheer John Cena. Now that alone is an accomplishment of great heights. I mean, that's that's absolutely amazing. I'm still not a big fan of, of the feud because I think that John Cena's spot should be somebody else getting a rub from, from Rusev and getting the U.S. championship. But, you know, the very fact that John Cena is getting a lot more cheers than he has in at least the past half a dozen years, that alone is saying a whole lot about how good and how effective Rusev character, Rusev's character is. Uh, it does. And that's, when you can change the outlook of your opponent to the masses, to the crowd, to the marks, marks, whoever, I mean, that's, you're doing your job. And you can't get that heat anymore. I mean, we've said this over and over again on the show that Rusev has the best heat. You just don't get this. The last time we've seen something like this, honestly, to this degree, was I said uh, before, I think, it was Sergeant Slaughter back in the early 90s mm-hmm. when he was an Iraq sympathizer. And uh, not to that degree, but, I mean, as far as you've never seen something like this take place in WWE, I mean, it's just it's awesome. And for whatever reason, people have tried it, and it just hasn't worked. But Rusev just has the look to him. He's, I mean, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, with John Cena, he should be focusing his attention on somebody else. But right now, I mean, they're using the real American hero against the foreign invader. And, it's, mm-hmm. of course, it's been done so many, so many times in the past. But this is, uh, this is what they're doing now. And I think they're doing okay with it. They're doing fine uh, just to see what's going to happen at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I think the, the interesting part of that is I think that it's it, it means a tried-and-true method. It's worked you know, from from day one, and it, it it's effective, 
And the thing is, I remember, you know, you, you say Sergeant Slaughter, but I remember just a, a, about a year later, we had somebody come into the scene by the name of Ludwig Borga. And Borga was so hated. I mean, he wasn't, uh, you know, he was more, it was more of a Finnish type of thing. But at the same time, it was still that, you know, that, that, that foreign, I hate you, blah, 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 America sucks, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was still that type of feel to it. Um, Borga, but Borga, I remember back in the day how much hated Ludwig Borga was. And, man, he really had a chance to to be somebody and just really feud and just really be a top guy. I, I, from what I remember, he um, ended up, I mean, he just wasn't very emotion, very mentally stable. Um, but he still, still, man, he he had the opportunity to be somebody. I remember he feuded against Tatanka. Um, just really, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he broke the streak. I remember he feuded with Luger. You know, that was a big thing because it was, you know, Borga and Luger was like the, the, the new version of, uh, you know, what was, was like the older version of uh, Rusev and Cena because Luger was certainly comparable to John Cena, <laughs> you know, 20 what 22 years ago and very interesting uh very interesting i mean just uh the co- the comparison that we can have that's pretty legitimate as far as borg and luger compared to rusev and cena but you know w- even now uh even the, the this fraction of the time that he's been in the wwe you know Rusev can can run circles around uh, around Borga, although Borga man he if he if if he had his head straight, the WWE it seemed like they had some big big things planned for Ludwig Borga. Yeah, I get that, and I just you know, the thing about me though is the thing with the Sergeant Slaughter Heath that was beautiful for me, and I don't want to keep talking about old stuff that happened years ago. But, I mean, it's just everybody loves Slaughter, and then he just turned into Iraq, and oh, my gosh. But with Rusev, I mean, again, we can we can beat this to death and just talk about how beautiful his heat is and how much everyone hates him. And I, you know, I don't oppose the feud that's going on between him and Cena. And again, Cena, you like him or hate him, he is the, the real American hero with this. Uh, I mean, keep going rolling with it. Uh, after WrestleMania, okay, something else has to be done. But I mean, this is—I'm really looking forward to this match. What do you think about Hogan coming out? Do you think there's a chance that Hogan's going to come out with Cena at Mania? I have not heard anything about that or seen anything. I mean, that could be—they have to do something with Hogan. I've so far they say Hogan's got no role in WrestleMania. Even his role last year was just kind of lame. Yeah, him and. Stone Cold and Rock get in the ring, shake hands and drink beer or whatever they did. But, yeah, you know, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't. It would be okay. Especially if you came out to um, I'm a Real American. Real American, yeah. I, I would I would, uh, I would mark out for that, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I said this, and I wrote an article about it on Bleach Report. You know, I think that uh, Hogan needs to be in WrestleMania in some capacity. My preference would be to kind of give Curtis Axel the rub on, you know, at the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal because still, that 
you know, and, and the thing is, the fact that it's going to be every, <laughs> the fact that it's going to be every year, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is going to be every year. Oh, are you kidding me? Like, I am not looking forward to upcoming Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royals at WrestleMania. And I really don't think it's going to last very long because there's no point to it. I mean, it's just a a pointless spot that you're just throwing people in. I mean, like I said before, I can understand a wrestler loves that spot that doesn't really do anything throughout the year because they get their WrestleMania cut. But other than that, I mean, I mean come on now. People like Dolph, I mean, I mean, people like Zack Ryder, people like uh, Adam Rose, people like your boy Fandango, you know, they they don't do anything but, you know, be be features on superstars and they're going to be you know it, it's such a jobber main event i mean i mean such a jobber uh match it really is a jobber match you'll throw in big show and kane and mark henry but even those three although all three of them have been world champions all three of them aren't making uh any type of noise I mean, right now, the only person, the only three people that's making some noise, and I would say, and I'm going to say the Miz only because of Miz Dow. So I'll say Miz, Miz Dow, and Ryback. That's the only three people that I can think of that's really making some kind of noise that's in the Andre the Giant Moral Battle Royal. Otherwise, I mean, just think, just picture that match at at WrestleMania and how boring and lethargic it's going to be. And how much people are just going to? I mean, that we we thought we thought the divas match a lot of times is a bathroom break match, but there's a big part of me that believes that I will be using the bathroom during the the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I because I I really don't care who wins and whoever wins, it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. And the thing about it, though, I mean, people like a battle royal. The fan side of me, we're going to see that. And, I mean, really, a bathroom break, I keep a milk jug next to me during WrestleMania just for that reason. So <laughs> that's what I get it for. But anyway, just saying, it's okay. It's okay to have something like this for me. As a fan looking in, okay, well, it's only going to last 10, 15 minutes. I mean, really, it's not going to take Too a long. whole lot of time. It, but... I don't I don't hate it. It gives everybody a WrestleMania moment, I suppose, even though the moment's not much. But again, it's it's part of the spectacle, it's part of the let's put everybody make this show something else. And again, they're gonna have everything that you always wanted at WrestleMania. This is just a small this is just a dent in the wall in WrestleMania, but imagine if you were the superstar, okay, well I'll get to be in the battle royal, at least I'll get to be at WrestleMania. So from that perspective yeah. Okay. And I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Like, it's a from, like match, you said, from a, yeah, from a wrestler's, like you said, from a wrestling perspective, I understand it totally. You know, a, a wrestler like Zack Ryder, a wrestler like Fandango, they would want the Andre the Giant. A wrestler like you know, like primetime players, they would want it to happen the whole time. Um. Every year, but at the same time, 
you know, it, as far as the fan is concerned, I mean, I, and, I, and I agree with you as far as uh, um, the, the the bathroom break, you know, part of WrestleMania. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I this is going to be one of those matches that I'm really going to be wanting to to just get away from and and, and just really hurry up. So you know, I, we'll, we'll see about it. I mean, uh, and to be honest with you, when we're when WrestleMania happens, I mean, when WrestleMania happens and when we're here, when we're there, it'll be a good. Um, you know, I guess buffer match uh, has to be in between something really huge. Like, it has to be in between, like, Sting and Triple H and uh, Wyatt and Taker or something like that. It has to be in between that because it's such a, a buffer match. It's, it's, it's really a, a bridge, you know, match that, you know really has no purpose but to be that type of match to just bring us down from, you know, the spectacle that we saw between, you know, Brand Taker or Sting and Triple H. So that would that's what it would have. Like matches like the Divas tag team match and, you know, uh the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, those would be filler matches. Those would be the buffer matches between the the real good stuff, so I mean, I, I suppose it has a, a a slot in that capacity, but you know, other than that, I mean, to be honest with you, there, there really shouldn't be many buffer matches at WrestleMania. I just I, I WrestleMania is the the grandest stage of it all. You know, that's like having. Out of four quarters in a Super Bowl, that's like having a, a, a boring third quarter um, just to have an amazing fourth quarter. Uh, no, I, although sometimes that works as far as uh, kind of resurrecting our interest. Uh, similar to the Super Bowl this year between uh, New England and uh, Seattle. I mean, it was like a, the first half was quite boring. Start to get good, you know, the second half. But if the whole game was good, you know, it would be a lot better than if there were some boring first halves and second halves. I mean, similar to, you know, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, that the the game was good. The game was really good. Um, it was better than Oregon, Ohio State, actually, from a back-and-forth standpoint. But, you know, it, it – I think that's really the only thing that would re- really matter in this type of in this type of event. But next we have Ken and Cesaro defeating New Day. You know, of course, this hurt my heart uh, because I'm a huge uh, fan of uh, New Day. But you know, at least they'll have their WrestleMania moment. I don't think that the tag team title match would be um, a part of. I don't think it'll be a part of. Um, the actual card, I think that, uh, and Booker T announced yesterday that uh, it's actually going to be two hours uh, for the pre-show. So uh, bring <laughs> bring out the uh, the matches. I mean, I could see NXT. See, the thing is, I I've been a proponent of not wanting NXT to be at WrestleMania because I don't want them to be diluted by the WWE product because they're such an amazing. 
um, brand. And we'll talk more about NXT at the Arnold Classic next week. Uh, they're actually scheduled. Uh, NXT for Arnold's Classic was a couple weeks ago. I was there. I took pictures. Um, also, I had a member of the Crave Wrestling team, uh, John Donahue, take pictures. He's a great, uh, awesome photographer. Check that out on Beach Report. Uh, has uh, NXT uh, live notes and pictures and videos um, on, on the of the Arnold Classic. So check that out on Beach Report. But yeah, I, it was an amazing experience, and they're actually going to show it on the WWE Network tomorrow. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, I was one of the only people chanting loudly for Band Corbin, so I'm sure I'll hear myself um, uh, a bunch of times during that uh, during that time. I don't know if they're going to play the uh, the actual um, the actual event because I'm sure they're going to carve some parts out of it because the actual show at the Honor Classic lasted for probably a couple hours. Um, so I'm sure they'll carve some of it out, but I'm sure the what they put together uh, will be very, very good and exciting to watch. So we'll talk about the aftermath of that. We'll talk about NXT in Columbus um, at the Honor Classic next week uh, on our go-home show for WrestleMania. Really excited about that, too, our go-home um, uh, show for, for WrestleMania. So we'll talk about that next week. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I think that with the two hours of the pre-show, we're probably going to see this tag team turmoil match at, on the pre-show. I don't know exactly what else we'll see at the pre-show, but... I that's why I don't understand why Goldust I don't understand why Stardust got the spot on the ladder match than Goldust and Goldust beat him last month but Goldust has a random spot in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal but Stardust has the spot in the ladder match that makes absolutely no sense I would have rather seen Goldust versus Stardust at the pre-show of WrestleMania than to just see them split up and Stardust still be a character and Goldust gets the <laughs> he he gets the short end of the stick although he beat Cody or though he beat Stardust. That's still confusing to me and it just really, really seemed like they threw in Cody at the last minute. They threw in Cody and they totally, totally dropped the ball with this feud. And it wasn't even really feud. It was stupid. I mean, they wasted Dusty Rhodes' time coming in. and I mean, yeah. It was such a disappointment. I mean, they just really made a mockery of this. They could have made something at WrestleMania where these two collide, and it could have been a good farewell for Gold Dust. But they just totally crapped all over it. I don't even have much else to say for it. I mean, I like Cody Rhodes. I like the Stardust character, but it makes no sense. Have him in the Intercontinental title scene. And I don't even really care for that match. It should have just been the original four. And now there's like 50 people in it. And it's, you know, <laughs> I'm not happy about that. Yeah. I, honestly, I loved... I, I was totally okay that there's six people because I like multi-people 
uh, matches like that because we already see like fatal four way matches. I just, I mean, you know, if you're going to have like a money in the bank or some type of multi person match like that, there's so much. Uh, competition going a- away from the ladder and different spots around the um, around the match, around the ring that provides awesome spots. That's why I love six to eight people um, like Money in the Bank matches and things like that. However, seven people in a match, that's a, a bit odd, but the funny part is there's three faces. I mean, there's four faces, three heels. I get it. You know, I'm okay with that, too. I just think I'd rather see Stardust be replaced by somebody else. Goldust and Stardust should have feuded, and I think that, you know, somebody like Mark Henry or something like that should have been uh, in the match as a, as a heel, um, you know, as a part of the match. Or somebody, I mean, there's, there's so many different people that's going to be thrown in the Andre Giant, even the Miz, you know, somebody, somebody like that, you know, Miz and Miz Dow, you know, they, they, they go against each other. Um, and that's a pre-show. The Miz beats Miz Dow, um, you know, for a spot. I mean, the Miz Dow beats the Miz for a spot, uh, in the, um, the, the sixth or the, the, the Intercontinental Championship ladder match, and then the Miz says, you know, you're still my personal assistant and becomes, an, you know, gets in the match or something like that. You know, something like that could have happened, and then Miz Dow could have inter- interfered with the Miz, um, you know, winning. The Miz could have been going up the ladder, and Miz Dow could have pushed the ladder down and 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 walked walked out and then on Raw said that he officially quit. You know something like that could have happened, but we get like Stardust and I just you know it just doesn't make much sense for Stardust to be in there. Next we have um, and of course you know Los Matadores take out Xavier Woods and El Torito takes out Cesaro post match. It seems like they're kind of healing up Los Matadores. I mean I suppose that it's a different type of twist to their character but I mean Lost Matadors as tag team champions is that ever going to happen I hope not I mean they've been around for almost two years now and if not longer I don't see it going on then. I mean, they can do what they want the Usos they got an injury now and oh it's a new day I mean what's uh, I don't know Again, I'm not lost man doors. No, whatever happened to El Torito, you don't see him anymore, which I'm not complaining. But uh, it's, it's, they kind of come and go. Come. He was there on Raw. Really? He did that, uh, that uh, you know, flying head scissors, Hurricane Rana to, oh, to okay. Cesaro. Must, yeah. Okay, I must have been in the bathroom. I'm sorry. I missed that part. <laughs> I don't see anything with the. Uh, I don't yeah, I don't want to see the belts on them. They haven't really done much for me since they've been there. I mean briefly wrong, but yeah, I'm not too happy. Primo and Epico was a was to me had a much better chance or had a much, there was a much better team than Lost Minadores. I understand that Primo and Epico just didn't really have much going for them, you know, after a while. I mean they were tag team champions and they were with um with uh, uh, you know the 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 person from from Total Divas, I don't <laughs> mind. That's how much she doesn't matter. Uh, Rosa Rosa Mendez. 
but they they were with with her for for a while, and that kind of helped them uh, a little bit. But you know, they they end up becoming stale and need a, a character overhaul. Um, you know, Los Matadores come, you know, they, they they come out, but I mean, they it just seemed like they were just kind of they were kind of pigeonholed by their gimmick, anyways, because the whole Los Matadores thing. That really didn't seem like it had a long shelf life in any way. It's kind of like El Matador. It's the same same thing. When Tito Santana was so, I mean, he was a legend. He was, you know, feuding with with Greg Valentine and Randy Savage, and you know, for the Intercontinental Championship. And I mean, then and then you bring in El Matador. Oh, it was just absolutely ridiculous. The only thing I liked about El Matador is I remember. Before, when he was Tito Santana, like in the early 90s, early 90s, like probably like 90, 91, like late 91 or so, I remember that Tito Santana didn't win many matches around that time. And then when they brought in El Matador, he started winning matches a little bit. And didn't that didn't last long either. But just rechristening Tito Santana to El Matador was probably one of the worst things that ever happened because <laughs> I was a big Tito Santana fan. But and, and interestingly enough, we're going to talk about that in a few weeks, uh, Flavor of the Week, um, biggest um, gimmicks that uh, flopped that were supposed to meet, be something, but uh, they, they flopped. And uh, today's Flavor of the Week is going to be whether um, the WWE would be better with or without Barack Lesnar. So that'll be fun uh, talking about. Speaking of Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar interview. Um, I like what they're doing with Brock and Roman. I like it a lot, actually. Uh, that I think that I I was thinking about buying because I was thinking about which which shirt that I want for WrestleMania. And you know, as much as I'm a, a Roman Reigns guy, you know, Sting. I mean, of course, I mean Sting just blows him out the park. So you know, I'll be wearing I'll be wearing a Sting shirt, uh, WrestleMania. But I think next next month or maybe something like Money in the Bank or something like that. I'll be actually attending Money in the Bank. I think that I'll wear my Roman Reigns shirt at Money in the Bank because I like his shirt. I like the I can I will believe that. I mean that's uh, you know that's an inspirational. Three inspirational lines right there, so I'm I'm totally cool with it. But I mean, the the interview that Brock Lesnar had, it was you know it was no nonsense, it was gritty, it was brutal, it was intimidating, and I really like this this type of you can't be beat. And I think, and I still don't think the streak should have been a part of this, but I think just with the uh, the beat down that he he, he gave to to John Cena and, and, and just uh, how he beat up and beat CM Punk and then the, the feud that he had with Triple H. You know, I think that those were good parts. And then the fact that he just beat down uh, Big Show at the Royal Rumble uh, last year. I think, and of course, you know, the times when he f 5 Mark Henry, I think those are good video clips. I think it helped. Him, you know, become such this dominant, unstoppable guy. Um, and I, but I think, of course, I don't think the streak should have been a part of that. Even almost a year later, I mean, the, even the streak 
be, you know, beating the, the Undertaker last year wouldn't have made uh, it, it. It makes absolutely no difference, you know, to Brock Lesnar a year later, which I still think it was just kind of knee, of a knee-jerk decision, which was horrible. Uh, even a you know a year later, just about. But even if he would have beat up the Undertaker, you know, and because you know it's so funny, the whole Bray Wyatt thing, it carves in so well with the Undertaker. If the Undertaker would have beat up Brock, if, if the Undertaker would have beat Brock Lesnar barely at WrestleMania, and then Brock Lesnar would have taken him out with like three F fives, and you know. Brought in and Paul Heyman would be like, I ended the career of the Undertaker, this and that, and then we have been wonder, we would have been wondering if, you know, the Undertaker is going to come back because, you know, there's still that, there's still that part of us that's like, why aren't we seeing an Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar rematch? But if Taker would have beat Lesnar, we wouldn't have been thinking that. And if if Lesnar would have beat up the Undertaker after the match, that would have been kind of like a moral victor type of thing. I'm and I ended the Undertaker's career, blah blah blah. And then Bray Wyatt is kind of picking up the scraps, follow the buzzards, pick up the scraps, blah blah. blah. And that would have been a better segue to lead into the Undertaker coming back instead of just saying, "I lost to Brock Lesnar. Now I'm going to go to Bray Wyatt." So that'd have been much better, but. You know, back to Brock Lesnar, I think that they're doing a good job still building him as such a dominant figure that people really don't have a ch- People, it's easier to get behind Roman Reigns because Brock Lesnar is doing so much with his vignettes and with his, uh, you know, background of the past couple of years that he's such a dominant figure. And Roman Reigns... You know, he has some size, he has some power, but he's the underdog. And then, like I said, you know, people still respect the underdog for sure. Uh, you know, uh, wearewrestling.net uh, agrees, the uh, chat room, and said that, you know, I would have preferred that scenario. And, you know, there you go. I think that would have been a much better scenario than just, you know, ending the streak. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. You know, I think as far as Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, I think they're doing a pretty decent job with building up. Uh, this feud, and I, I, I'm, you know, I'm buying into it. You know, I was, I was reluctant, you know, to see Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. I'm a, I'm a Roman Reigns guy, but I think I thought it was premature. But I think this would be a good feud. I think this would be a good main event. And uh, you know, there looks like they're passing the baton to Roman Reigns. Uh, John Cena's being in U.S. title matches now, and uh, it really seemed like they're, they're really passing the baton. Passing the torch. That's how, yeah, and that's how it appears, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean they've done really well around this uh, this feud. Um, as far as just the promos go and the interviews, they've been really kind of humble about it for the most part. And uh, we're just going to see what's going to happen with it. I'm excited for it. I think it's great WrestleMania. This really seems to be, you know, they a well-rounded WrestleMania as far as the events go, and just you know, the main events, events, because that's all it is now, and probably, like they have in the past, uh, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns will probably be somewhere in the middle or something, (laughs) you know, which that should always be the last. The title match should always be the last. Maybe they'll do that this year, but the Roman Reigns thing, 
I'm going to get it. I'll get into it. That's fine. I'm a Roman Reigns guy. He's not bad. But as far as if I was to wear a T-shirt to any wrestling event, it's always going to be my original DX shirt that I got when I was 16. And uh, it still fits. It still fits to this day. Shawn Michaels, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and China. It's awesome. It's, I'm always going to wear that. So you can wear your John Cena or whatever it said you were going to wear. I'll be sitting next to you in my t-shirt. How, how dare you? How dare you say that I would wear a John Cena shirt? Now, you know you, you know oh, me. You, we've known each other for, for going on six years. And how dare you say that I would wear a John Cena shirt? I, I meant to say I meant to say Adam Rose. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I wouldn't mind wearing an Adam Rose shirt. You know, I'm not. I'm not totally opposed to Adam Rose. I I was. You know, I was on. I, I was uh, on Team Adam Rose for for a little bit, um, but. That didn't last long. I mean, I'm not totally opposed to him, but uh, he, his character is just nowhere now. Um, next we have uh, Big Show and Eric Rowan. Just no contest because Big Show takes out Rowan because the bell rings. Why does the Big – I mean, what momentum does the Big Show need to, to gain? I mean, what, what, what in the world – what was the point of that? I have no idea why the Big Show keeps beating up Eric Rowan – like the big show is the one that needs the rub or needs to push. Eric Rowan is just being I mean, see, there's a term in the IWC that's that's used very loosely a lot of times. And that a team's called uh, that term is called buried. Now, if you want to look at a, a someone, if you want if you want to look at a wrestler who's buried, Eric Rowan is buried. Because there's absolutely no point in the big show continue week after week coming out and beating the snot out of Eric Rowan and Rusev as well. Rusev beating up Rowan as well. Why in the world would you break away the Wyatt family? Luke Harper, he's been Intercontinental Champion and he's going to be in the Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania. He's got a pretty good WrestleMania spot. Eric Rowan has went nowhere after the Wyatt family. The best thing that he had was being a part of the Survivor Series main event and being, you know, a part of the the Rebel, you know, with with Dolph Ziggler and, and, and Ryback. That's really all he has and even that, he still loses like crazy. And there's, I mean, they have done the worst job building up Eric Rowan. Just imagine how many kids could have, you know, been, been wearing cheap Max. And, you know, I think the the thing, I think the biggest thing is his, his music. His music does no... It, there's nothing about Eric Rowan's music that causes me to say, oh, yeah, cool, there's Eric Rowan, he's coming out. Nothing. They're, they've done such a horrible job building Eric Rowan. And this little craziness they did on Raw with the Big Show just proves how much they just don't have any stock into, no stock at all into Eric Rowan. 
Yeah, there hasn't been. He's a lame duck. I mean, that's too bad. He could do a lot. I have faith in Eric Rome, but they just want him to be, almost be forgotten about. And, yeah, again, why put over the big show? I mean, the big show is he's on his way out. I mean, the guy's been wrestling since the early 90s. I mean, it's time for him to – why are they giving him this much respect? They've crapped on him for so many, so many years. And he's just, just – you can't put any stock in the big show. He's always – Good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad. Forget it. I'm done with that. And Eric yeah. Rowan needs the attention on him. So far, it hasn't happened. So it's you know, that was a filler match. That was a bathroom break. Yeah, there's yeah, there's your bathroom break. Next trivia question: What Diva Search contestant was a part of JBL's cabinet? What Diva Search contestant was a part of JBL's cabinet? And then we get Mark Henry winning the mini Andre the John Memorial Battle Royal. I mean, we've talked about that. I'm I'm glad that they chose Mark Henry to win because, you know, he's been getting no type of love recently because we saw on SmackDown that, uh, you know, he came back and Roman Reigns, Superman punched him and speared him through uh, the, the barricade. But, you know, that was his first time back in four months. And that's what he get. <laughs> that's what he gets on his return. They, they don't have much stock in, in Mark Henry as well. But at least, you know, they're building some momentum behind him as being a threat for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But again, you know, who, who really cares about that match? Yeah, you stressed that a lot tonight, and uh, I don't care about it, but I watch it. So, but yeah, for the most part, it's you know, throw away. Let's get to the better part. Yeah, uh, her first name was Amy. Yes, it was. What was her last name? That's what we have so far on the answers. Her first name was Amy. Amy who? Amy who? All right, next we have Paul Heyman cuts an in-ring promo. Of course, another Paul Heyman promo that it seems like he's about to kill over. Uh Man, he really needs to bring some type of oxygen mask with those, you know, on those promos. He needs to bring an oxygen, an oxygen mask with him, period. <laughs> because I'm like, dude, breathe a little. Breathe, breathe, breathe. And, I mean, the promos he cuts are, are fantastic because, I mean, just like Roman Reigns said when he came out, he's one of the best talkers of all time. That's, that's without question. But, you know... I think he needs to kind of slow his pace down a little bit. It seems like he gets real passionate and he just, you know, starts blabbering and blabbering and ranting and ranting. You know, I think his time needs to be a little bit better. You know, because I'm like, dude, you're Paul Heyman, you're Paul Heyman, and you know, you're one of the best talkers in the whole wide world. But when he gets riled up, it's like, dude, breathe a little, slow down a little bit. Uh, but you know, I think the I think the very fact that he was talking about Roman Reigns and his family, and Roman Reigns comes out, um, and 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 Heyman's doing a pretty good job. He's doing a pretty good job helping Roman Reigns get more pops, and I think that's exactly what uh, is needed because a lot of people just kind of discarded and dismissed Roman Reigns after the Royal Rumble. And it's crazy. The funny part is, he's not getting like a chorus of boost. He's still getting pretty hefty, pretty noticeable pops. And so, yeah, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm, 
I'm on board with it. I'm on board with uh, with uh, the the Roman Reigns Paul Heyman uh, exchanges that they've been having. And of course, they're going to lead to next week, which is the Go Home Show. They're going to lead to a face to face between uh, between Reigns and, and Lesnar. And I will say this is that Roman Reigns has improved with his mic work, and I've definitely noticed it. Hey, what about after WrestleMania? Roman Reigns becomes a Paul Heyman guy. No. No thanks. No thanks, no thanks, no thanks. Nope. I do not want that to happen. If Lesnar is no longer the prominent guy, what's Heyman got? I would rather see Sheamus as a Paul Heyman guy than than Roman Reigns. I don't want to be no 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 no. Because Paul Heyman, we'll talk about this another time because we're running we're, we're running uh, short on time here. But we'll talk about this. I, I've even I, I've had this conversation before with with many different people. Paul Heyman does not have a very high success rate of being uh, you know of, of really building someone from scratch. He did it with Brock Lesnar, but, you know, you got Matt Morgan, Nathan Jones, and all the other people he was manager of, you know, during, you know, the early 2000s. He didn't, they didn't do good. (laughs) They didn't really have a good success rate. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Paul Heyman guys and coming uh, coming weeks, a pretty 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 good favorite week topic. Uh, but now we, you know, next we have uh, the the triple threat, uh, the six man match for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, the the baby faces went on SmackDown. Daniel Bryan pinned uh, Luke Harper. Uh, this time, uh, uh, this time Ambrose pinned uh, Bad News Barrett. Uh, but Bad News Barrett ends up leaving with the title. I think this is good. I think this is a good way to head into WrestleMania with all this happening and then Barrett finally getting the championship leak going into WrestleMania. It's just been a really good uh feud and we you've talked about that before. And then at the end, uh we run out of time, but let's let's real quick let's talk about Orton and Rollins. Um authority surrounds Orton, lights go off, Sting makes uh the save. Uh, fantastic part. Sting spoke, you know, after Raw you know how I, you know how I am about Sting speaking during this feud. I wasn't uh, I was a fan. I was hoping that he didn't speak at all, but you know it, it wasn't very it wasn't a long promo. He was really excited. You can tell he was just legitimately pumped. Uh, he's been waiting 14 years. He said and smoking good is what he says, and you could tell his it was exciting. He didn't say much, which I think was very very good. Um, so. I can give it the pass because you can tell that he was incredibly psyched. Ah, he was psyched, and you could feel it. And it was—I'm glad he did it. It wasn't again—it wasn't too overdrawn. That's almost what killed Warrior in WCW. Is this for opening speech? It was like 15 minutes long. It was stupid. But Sting kept yes. it short, sweet, and I'm—I'm uh, I'm so hyped for this match. And Sting has done, done nothing but been amazing with his WWE run. I don't know how they could have made it any better than what they have so far. I totally agree with that. And you know, I'm a Sting guy. You were the Sting antagonist for a long time, but it looks like you've uh, seen the light, or you've been bit by the scorpion. One, one of the, one of the two. What? Um, I've always thought you were. 
So I respect him in that respect. Respect him in that respect. But anyway, I mean, no, it was great. I'm excited for it because I know who Sting is. I'm not a Sting guy, yeah. but I can I can. Uh, spend... Seems like you've been a Sting guy the past few months. I think you've came over. Just you know, just don't deny it, Derek. You're, you're a Sting okay. guy. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. I'll All take right. it. Nice. It's official. We'll be back with Flavor of the Week right quick. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, Derek. Would the WWE be better with or without Brock Lesnar? I want to say without. Uh, just based on the fact that it's great that when he's there, when he's there, I mean, the past few months he's been champion. It's almost like it's a novelty for the WWE, and uh, they can make a lot of money off of him, just his name. But as far as just overall continuancy, he's probably better off not there because you want to see the champion more often. You want to see, you know, what's going on. So I would say it's better without him, but when he is there, it's awesome. But, again, treat it like a novelty. Treat it almost like... I don't want to say like an Undertaker type thing, but almost treat it like, you know, it's a special thing. Brock Lesnar, oh my gosh, he's going to be on Raw. Everyone needs to tune in. So I like the championship being defended a little more often than what they've done with it with him. But again, this is a special case. But the time he's with WWE is awesome, but in the long run, it's better off without him. I uh, agree. I agree. Uh, only because of this, because we, uh, in the time that Brock Lesnar was in, when he was a little bit, you know, when he was more of a novelty, when he wasn't champion, I liked him there. When he was, you know, since he won the champion, I was, I was okay with trying to see how it was, you know, to see with the, the title being away. I was, I was willing to to try it out, but it, it just not, it, it's not, it's not been good. I mean, it just really has not been a, a good decision to do that. Um, but you know, he's had some good feuds there. He's had, you know, he's been there for three years, and you know, he's had his time. Uh, the only thing that I would be willing to try would be a face run uh, after Mania, uh, and you know, have him having uh, feuds with Bray Wyatt and Sheamus. Those are two people that I would like for uh, for a, a face Brock Lesnar to have a feud with, and. Uh, I'll be okay with that. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much again for continuing to support Pancakes and Power Slams. Uh, we are closing up. And, of course, we have the Patriot Del Wilkes coming on April 7th. we got more announcements coming in the, in the coming weeks. Bro to WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen. Go home, show uh, the preview show for, for next week for WrestleMania, the the. Uh, the post show for NXT. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless, and Daddy loves Ian and Elijah. Bye bye. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? 
where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.